welcome back welcome back <laughs> hey y'all hey this is dr samaria m covert for those who are new maybe you're watching this video this podcast whatever you're watching this maybe this is your first time see my beautiful face <laughs> um but to, to let you know who I am, I am a licensed therapist. I have over 16 years of experience. I know I look like I'm in my 20s, but I'm not darling. I am, mind your business. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I'm a licensed therapist and do, I'm published off. I've written close to 60 books. I think the total right now is 62, but my goal is 100 for the next five to 10 years. And I have all kinds of things. I have a podcast. Uh, I have training courses. I have t-shirts. Uh, I have a, a blog, B-L-O-G. Uh, I own a private practice called Kingdom Creative Council. We are located in North Carolina to Greensboro to be exact, but I see people from all over the state of North Carolina because I do do telehealth and in-office sessions. So welcome. Um, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for my, my couple few new subscribers. <laughs> Thank you for subscribing. And if you have not subscribed to my channel or my blog or or whatever, what's what's the problem here? What's the problem? <laughs> um, anyway, we're talking about the fruit of rejection. This is really, really important because so many people experience this, uh, myself included. You will never go through life uh, not experiencing some type of rejection. All right. So we're going to talk about that because that can become an issue of our emotional healing. It, if you uh, allow the root and fruit of rejection, which I will explain uh, a different, uh, the difference between the two in a minute, if you allow it to, it'll stop you in all kinds of ways. In our last session, we talked about uh, 10 ways, you know, a person is experiencing low confidence, but when you have a root of rejection, you will deal with people that you're not supposed to the same way. Uh, you will uh, post yourself in places and spaces that you should not because you don't have a good view of yourself. You are afraid of rejection. You will see someone that you should approach and speak to and you won't do it because you're afraid of rejection. So sometimes you got to get rid of, get rid of that root of rejection so that you can move on and move forward with your life. All right. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for today. I want you also remember to subscribe next time, not this time. We're going to talk about how do you know that you are Deborah, honey? Because everybody say, I'm your Deborah. What is a Deborah? My, my name is not Deborah. I love that name though. Uh, but what is what does it mean to be a Deborah? What's the difference between Deborah and Jezebel? How do you know that you are a Deborah? There are certain tell you know what I'm saying. There are certain signs <laughs> that indicate you are a Deborah versus you're not. And if you're a leader, you don't want you want to have a Deborah uh on your team. All right. Hey, 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 hey. We're gonna be this gonna be good. <laughs> I feel good today, y'all. I had my first session today. I got a couple sessions in the afternoon, but in between that time, why not? Right? Why not? So let's start off again. Remember this, uh, you can and you will be rejected. As a matter of fact, when we studied the lives of great leaders, biblical leaders, uh, modern day leaders, uh, the idea just being rejected is just a part of the process. It is a part of the uh, the promotion uh, it is it's just a part of life and you will not go through this life uh, being rejected. So it is not that we avoid rejection. It's not everybody's going to accept it. It is more like, how do you respond when rejection comes? Now, what I've explained, and I talked to my clients about this as well, we call it a root root rejection. What happens is there's a seed that's been planted and sometimes it's planted in childhood. You know, uh, like I said, in that last session, you were, well, let's say that you're the Joseph in your family. And you were rejected by your brothers, or maybe you were compared 
you know, uh, I gave an example in my session, my last session, um, because I'm a very quiet person. I don't uh, feel that I have a lot of wisdom, but I don't feel the need to always speak. I, I see everything. I don't speak on anything hardly unless I have to, unless God directs me to. And so because I was always so quiet, I was always compared to my family members who were very outgoing. I didn't have a problem with my quiet nature, but it's when other people made it a problem that it became a problem for me. Uh, okay. And so, uh, and so you can feel rejected. Um, now, now use examples from my own life growing up. I was a classic nerd. I was an introvert and a classic nerd. Okay. When I say nerd, I mean nerd. I mean big glasses. I'm talking about tape on the side. This girl, old girl want to go sit in a room and read books like that. That's, that's the extent of it. So, <laughs> so when you're the nerdy kid, like you're the Urkel, remember Steve Urkel, family man, when you're the Urkel and people, you know, it just, it just gets, it gets hard, you know, <laughs> anyway. Um, and so, so you're going to experience some type of rejection, but what happens is when we're younger or we were not uh, emotionally, we don't always think that this is God's direction or I'm I'm different and God has called me to greatness. So I'm not going to be accepted by my, we don't think that way. We think what's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. You know, uh, what if someone rejects me and we end up putting it up with people, like I said, people space. When you have a fruit of rejection, you will put up with somebody that you should never put up with because there's a root of rejection and you don't think that you deserve better. Now, like I said, I'm a therapist, y'all, so that I talk to people about this all the time. Why do people put up with people that they know better? Fear of rejection, right? So remember this, some rejection is redirection. I just did a reel. I talked about, you know, I ain't never hardly really been stupid um, <clears throat> most of my life. <laughs> but there was a brief time, honey. There was a brief time in my uh in my late twenties, and that's a that's you know, but you think you got over the stupid. Everybody had a little season of stupid. It's okay, but I thought there was this guy, honey, and I was Google gobs over him. And I just was just stupid. <laughs> now, um, uh, but God never, but God, I was rejected basically, and I thanked God for that. And I said on that reel that some rejection is God's redirection. You ever think, man, I missed the whole bullet, man. I was getting ready to be real dumb, dumb. But I thank God for that rejection. And I, th when I see God, I'm like, woo, Samaria, what, what were you smoking? Like, <laughs> I was not smoking anything. But I'm like, oh, you, you was really gone, gone. Like you was gone. Like how? How girl, how like yeah, yeah. come on, y'all know we had this conversation with yourself. He was like, But wait, like, what, what, wait, <laughs> wow, <laughs> not trying to throw shade, which y'all be like, Yeah, I was real, I was real dumb. <laughs> it's okay, so we thank God for because sometimes God has to do like He did with the folks with the towel or Bible. We were trying to build something with the wrong people in position, the wrong people in place, with people with craziness. And um, and God had to confuse the speech, He had to make sure He changed your mind. He made He had to make sure you 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 think Samaria ain't all that. He had to make sure you thought I was a hot mess express and I don't be to deal with her. He even that's not that's the, the necessarily the case. God had to make sure that that got in your mind because Samaria's getting ready to be stupid. Now I said Samaria because I'm giving you my story, but you know, we all have a stupid moment. You live long enough, you're gonna be stupid at some point in time in your life. So I thank God for redirection. I remember during that time, this is going to be a talk about the fruit of rejection and how that is that spirit of brokenness that breaches in us. I remember during that time after coming out of this haze of foolery <laughs> and God said, Samaria, see the people that you are entertained when you are broken are going to be very different 
from the people that you were entertained when you're whole. When Samaria's whole, she knows who she is. She's poised. She's not perfect, you know. Um, but I know who I am. I would never, ever, ever, because the people that you so rejection, the fruit of rejection, the root of rejection, is a area of our own brokenness. Thank God for deliverance, right? Woo! <laughs> uh, God will reject you and God will cancel you. I know that this is the word of counsel calls. And we just cannot cancel anyone. You shouldn't. You should not cancel anyone. The Bible says those are our brethren who are overcome with sin that we ought to restore one. And I do believe that. But pride will reject you. The Bible says God uh, uh, God does not. God says God hates pride and a haughty spirit. Remember King Saul, God said, I have rejected him as king because he was the people that he was the, the king that the people had anointed. He was the king that the people had appointed. He was not the king that God had appointed. Saul had pride in his heart. Saul had selfish ambition in his heart. And so God said in, in any, not any translation, but most translations, says, it says, I have rejected him. He was not, God was not rejecting Saul as in his, his soul was not rejected. His position was. Okay, because he was at the person for the so sometimes God can and if you operate in pride, according to scripture, God will cancel you. Now I know that's that's not biblical, that's the scripture. The Bible says when you're humble, he will he will elevate you. Not the pride, not the selfish ambition people, not the people that pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. Okay, and so God will reject you. Okay. Uh, now again, we're not talking. <laughs> we're not talking about the folks who really have a heart for God. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. If you are lifted up in pride, you have a haughty spirit. Uh, um, it's not about um the purpose. It's not about the vision. It's not about the mission. It's about being seen, being heard, and being known. That's what that's what Saul was about. David was about the vision. Okay, yeah, you 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 get what I'm saying, darling. You understand, all right. Um. But so at the end of the day, so there's a certain prototype I'm, I'm addressing. I'm addressing people who truly have a heart for God. You truly have a heart for people. You have anointing in life that you did not ask for. You did not choose. And you do not want to go after people for positions for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in prayer and I said this before and I'll say it again. I was praying about a, a vision that God had given me. And I said, and there are other, there's other people involved in the vision. I know, I don't know these people personally, but I know them. And I said, God, am I supposed to go after this? person am i supposed to go and talk he said no he said he said oftentimes listen to this oftentimes people go after great men seeking positions but he said i have not chosen them okay and he said but when i choose you he said i will send the prophet to you and he reminded me of how god sent samuel to jesse's house to anoint a david who was on the outskirts david didn't go and submit his resume didn't send an email, a text message, a press release, a really nice uh, a photo shoot, new prophet in town, new king in town. I know there's a position open and I'm just waiting for you to call me. Or I'm just, I'm just submitting my resume because I'm David. And God, you see what I'm saying? Then he said, uh, remember God sent Elisha to Elisha's house. He said, I want you to, you understand? So if you really look at someone's really called to greatness, one, they will experience rejection. And two, the process is so hard. Sometimes you like, listen, God, I'll, I'll sit here and wait. I will wait on you, oh Lord. <laughs> All right. So so we cannot allow the root of rejection because like I said, we, we, we just established we're going to be rejected. 
that is going to be the case. Not in every situation. Everybody's not going to reject you. Everybody's not going to dislike you, but you will experience rejection, uh, particularly when you have a purpose or call on your life. You're going to experience rejection uh, because it's redirection. <laughs> As I said, you're going to experience rejection and that's it. It's, it's how you perceive it. And so what happens is a seed is planted, right? Just like any tree, a seed is planted and if and it's watered with different life circumstances. And if you don't cut the, have the right view or have the right perception of the rejection you experience, it'll take on roots. Now you have a stronghold of rejection and it's affecting any and every area of your life. Okay. So, and I mean this respectfully, I, I don't want to dishonor or disrespect anyone who's experienced cancer or who has a relative who experienced cancer. So, but I mean it's respectfully, so don't get offend, offended, please. Um, the, the root of rejection is kind of like a cancer. If you don't stop it, it's going to grow and it's going to grow and it's going to grow and, it's, and eventually it'll kill you. It'll keep you stuck. Right. So, okay. So let's talk about this. Uh, how do I know that I have a root of rejection? Okay. And this is what therapy, I'm going to tell you, this is what therapy, because therapists, particularly spirit-led therapist helps you to uproot it. It helps you to identify where it came from, how it's affected your decisions and how you should move forward. Therapy teaches you about you and it is a safe place where you can be vulnerable, where you can be exposed and where you can be uh, transparent in a way, my leaders, where you couldn't be in front of other people. That's what therapy does. All right. So I got ahead of myself. So how I know I deal with the real rejection. I had the feeling of, uh, I'm, you have the feeling of being an outcast. Now, again, can you really be an outcast? Yes. Think about the leopards uh, in the Bible. Once it was known they, uh, that they were leopards, they were thrown out of the city. They were ostracized and they were shunned because of the fear that, that their disease was contagious, which it was. Okay. And so, but just because you have been an outcast, just because you can't have been a black sheep from just because you were the nerdy kid that was teased, just because you have been an outcast by people does not mean that you've been an outcast by God. It does not mean you have to take on the disposition of an outcast. So what has happened to me does not have to define me. It just means I have to seek a greater reason. God, why have I experienced this? When I look at my life uh, growing up, because I was a nerdy kid, I didn't fit into with anybody. I did feel like an outcast. It, 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 it helped me in a way now that I'm mature to think outside the box. I was always a different thinker. I didn't get along, go along. I didn't, I, at that time, now my, my hometown is like a, kind of like a big deal now, but that time it was a small town. So I didn't call up in that small town itis and just want to go. And I'm from Maryland. So the thing you do not to disrespect anyone from Maryland, it's like you go, you graduate, go to college, you graduate, then you get a government job and you work there for 30 years. And then you, you live your life and then you buy a house, you know, you do very, very well. You just move to a more affluent area of Maryland and you just live your life and you retire and that's it. But there was always something in me that was never satisfied there. This is why I love my experience. Um, for those who are not graduated from Howard University, I loved my experience there, but I knew that it wasn't my home. When I go back to visit every now and again, uh, I love DC. I love the vibe. I love the, you know, the people, um, I'm actually going to go plan a trip um, before the end of the year because I want to go to the Civil Rights Museum and, and all those places. I'm a nerd like that. <laughs> I love like history and all that kind of stuff. But there's always a part of me that's like, this is cool to visit. It's cool to hang out. It's cool to meet up with some of my friends and do lunch. 
it's not my home. I don't belong here. So, but because my mentality was different and I just didn't fit in there, I had to find my fit. And I'm, I'm kind of going off the cuff of my notes here. The best thing that you can do in your life is don't take on that position of an outcast. Say, okay, I don't fit here. Where do I fit? There's some places, some spaces you don't fit. Okay, there's some jobs you don't fit. You're only there temporary. Even there are some churches that you don't fit. I know we don't like to say it because we think we all love Jesus and, and we all ought to fit. But there's some places, and it's not because you're being rejected. It's because there's a purpose. There's a specific place. There's a specific people. There's a specific pastor. There's a specific, there is something specific that God will have you to do. And you have to find out where you fit. And it's not always about a platform, where you fit. And when it is a fit, it is God. And sometimes that feeling, ah, ugh, I don't fit here. It's not because people are rejecting you because this is not where you belong. And that's okay. The best thing that you can do in life, well, there's lots of things, but it's to find where you fit. And don't try to make yourself fit in some space, a place that God didn't call for you to be. All right, next point. The feeling of being shunned, abandoned, and forgotten. The feeling. Now, can you actually be shunned? Yes, Jesus, the Bible, and I was reading this in Isaiah 53, I believe it was. Oh, maybe, yeah, it was Isaiah 53. Jesus was despised and rejected. So you can be in purpose and still despised and rejected. But the Bible never tells us that Jesus took on the disposition of a leper or an outcast just because he was despised and rejected. See, on your journey, you will be despised and rejected. And so, but you will get to places and spaces where you can be so afraid of the pain of rejection that you in spaces and people that they don't reject you. But you still feel shunned. You still feel abandoned and you still feel forgotten. Then point number three, uh, you can have low confidence as a result of a root of rejection. You assume people don't like you. I had a preacher, I heard a preacher, Apostle uh, Woods, who said people assume that their thoughts about you are true just because they thought it. Well, you will assume that the thoughts that you think about you are true just because you thought it. I am no, you think, oh, she, uh, he's not going to like me because um, I got a big nose. She's not going to like me because uh, for I wear glass, something crazy, you know. And you assume just because you you think it, it's true. And that person's not thinking nothing negative about you, but you have a root of, root of rejection. We have an orphan spirit. When an orphan spirit is, it just means someone who does not belong. Uh, and I'm going to talk about the spirit of adoption, but um, you will find that those who have been adopted, even when they were adopted into loving families, some of the brain gets stuck on, but, but I was abandoned by my, by my bio parent. But remember when you have been adopted, you've been chosen. Someone says, see, when, 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 the, when a parent gets pregnant for the most part, it could be a surprise. Could we not surprised? But when you have been adopted by the father, someone says, you, I want you. And so you could have been rejected by people and orphaned by people. But God says, no, I want you. All right. Uh, we avoid it. We avoid things. We avoid conversations that needed to, <laughs> to be had. Uh, we avoid people, places, and spaces because of the fear of rejection. You don't speak up uh, because of the fear of rejection. I talked to you in last time about being a passive leader. And a lot of times people are passive in general because of the fear of rejection. I you get you don't want people to think negative about you. And so you don't do your, your due diligence. You become more like a, a Eli type of spirit where you don't correct people when you're leading because you have a passive nature and you're afraid of 
the rejection. Well, one thing, and I tell my clients this too, like you can cross every I, dot every T. Sometimes people just not going to like it and you don't, and you could have done it by the book, classic. Sometimes people just not going to like it and they don't have to have a valid reason. They really don't. Uh, So bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. Instead of having a right view, and I've counseled people like this who have spent their lives being stuck in bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness all because of the rejection they experienced. Okay. Uh, there's two things. Someone is extremely passive or extremely aggressive. Now, sometimes people assume that someone is aggressive. We assume, oh, that's confidence. But when you really get down to the nitty gritty, someone who's extremely aggressive, they got to fight anybody for anything. You get ready to just go off the hinge at any a particular moment all very argumentative very defensive that is an issue of rejection they've been rejected in their past and it's their way of trying to protect themselves so it's like look you know what what you know it's like you got you're not gonna disrespect me. they just go off for no reason well it's rooted in this fruit of rejection you want to look up or google the anger iceberg you're like why is someone so angry what in the world is going on there and a lot of times it has to do with things that happened in their past and they're trying to avoid it in their future which is so important that before you really do uh you, you you're not going to be able to have really healthy relationships um uh long-standing if you have real rejection if you're extremely aggressive people just like listen you you got too much going on that's why we go to therapy <laughs> or someone extremely passive. They don't want to say anything to anybody uh, for fear of confrontation. Okay. So you just kind of let things fly. I know somebody like that. Like they play, they sh- kind of shape shift. They play the side. So someone, they're in a room full of people um, and that they'll, they'll go along with those people. And then another room full of another group of people uh they're and they're they're with those people and so they always are trying to play the sides but at some point in time you gotta you gotta you gotta stand on your own initiative this is how i feel this is what i want this is what i desire this isn't right and i'm not gonna pacify that okay um the need to control believe it or not is rooted in fear fear of what rejection and i said it last year when you get grown grown and you have whole you don't have the time space the energy or you don't even care about trying to control people it's just too it takes too much time i mean and you got all this toxic in your body this controlling spirit and you just got to keep looking at people and, and, and clocking them and all just honey listen mm-mm. uh-uh we, we uh uh-uh. it's too much too it's just too much you can't you don't have that kind of well at least i don't <laughs> Some people do. If you deal with somebody who don't have a life, honey, they'll be very controlling. They're just sitting there looking at you, waiting for you. You didn't call me at 501. Who was, who was you with? Girl, God, my God, you got stuff. <laughs> no. And then again, nobody wants to deal with you because we, when we grown, grown, we're not, we not about that control. Uh, any, any type of insecurity, a lot of times, is rooted in uh, the spirit of rejection. That's, been, that's the root root. Um, remember everyone has an insecurity about something. Everybody, okay, on this green earth. And if they say I've never been insecure about anything, you're lying. <laughs> They're not telling the truth, okay? But we just these are not these are tough conversations, but you don't you're not gonna be at a doctor's office. Like, oh my goodness, y'all. Guess what? I have a real rejection. You're not gonna be at the grocery store just randomly talking to some stranger. Yeah, I'm doing okay, but I have a root of rejection, so that's why I act like it. You know what I'm saying? Like these are tough conversations that people tend to hide. But the wonderful thing about therapy 
is that therapy helps to pull it out in a safe space. I'm always going to plug therapy. This is not therapy that we were doing today, but if you go to therapy, this is why you should go. And all the, so that, that was 10. Now let's do uh, bonus is difficulty trusting uh, and or extremely performance driven. Earn your trust. Uh oh, hold on. So they think I can just. Y'all. Hold on. Sorry, y'all. My microphone is acting up. I don't want to get. So anyway, so they have difficulty trusting, basically. Um, so what happens is when we have difficulty trusting, we feel the need to have to prove ourselves to people. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. All right, back on my guess. Y'all, I don't want to get in the microphone, but I guess I may have to. It's the cord that I keep trying to replace. But anyway, so hopefully you got that. I'm going to say it again just in case um, that happens. Difficulty trusting is rooted in the spirit of rejection. Extreme performance driven. Okay. And that simply means that we feel that we got to earn, uh, we got to perform our way into other people's lives. There's some people that only, and I wrote this in my book, Broken Trying to Lead. That is a heavy hitter, y'all. That thing is autistic, but it's a good book. Um, oftentimes people will get their sense of validation or confidence from what they can perform. So getting in front of people, being seen by people, gives them a faulty sense or a false sense of validation. And when they don't have it, it's like a drug. They don't know what to do. But you got to know who you are in the arms of the Father absent from what you can do. And I, I liken it to, uh, I was talking about, and I gave this example a while ago after going through so much, uh, accomplishing so much, but then just being completely and utterly disrespected. Like it's almost like I didn't do any, I mean, it was just a hot mess express. And I will never forget, um, this to one of my favorite teachers. I have lots of favorite Bible teachers. Her name is Lisa Harper. And she was doing an interview with a whole bunch of women. Joyce Meyer, a couple other women were there. And she said, I knew that God had delivered me. I did know that he delighted in me. And I kept repeating that over and over again. If you ever want to listen to a really good Bible teacher, Lisa Harper, I absolutely love her. One day I want to meet her and I want to shake her hand because I just love her so much. Anyway, she's so amazing. But anyway, she said, I knew that God delivered me, but I didn't know that he delighted in me. I'm not going to cry. And so... I realized in that moment, there's nothing that I could ever do or accomplish or not do um, that would be enough for people. But God delighted in me. And it wasn't because I'm Dr. Samaria and I've gotten all these degrees or I had whatever I've accomplished in life. God delighted in me just because he delighted in me. I didn't have to be Samaria. I could just be Samaria baby girl, Samaria as a child. So I don't, I don't have to perform. And that's, that's a great breakthrough for me. I don't have to perform. I don't have to, I don't have to make you like me. If you do, you do. And if you don't, that's your business. But that was a breakthrough for me. <clears throat> and so uh, I remember just going through things. I'm just telling my testimony, y'all. And um, it's almost like I, the, I didn't hear the voice of the Lord, but I almost, almost like God, I was saying, God, these people have, have mistreated me. I've accomplished so much. And here I am being disrespected. Like I ain't nobody. Like I've never done anything for these people. And he said, Samaria, what about me? I delight in you. I delight in you. I delight in you. 
And it's not because of what you accomplished. I always saw you. And I think it's so important to say that God delights in you. Anyway, so I got to that without crying. Not tears of sadness, tears of joy. When you get that in your soul to know God delights in me and God will send people in your life that you don't have to prove who you are. They already know it. Ah, okay. Thank you, Jesus. So what should you do about it? Of course, y'all, you got to go to therapy. You got to go to therapy. Just, just do it. Just do it. Nothing to it but to do it. Another thing is that we have acknowledged it. Denial does not make it go away. And I love, you know, I love my church folk. You know, I go to church. I'm a church girl. Okay. But sometimes we want to shout. We want to speak in tongues. We want to hoop. We want to holler. We want to get to the next prophetic line. But sometimes that, a lot of times that don't take away the root causes of things. You have to deal with it from the root. Now, Praising God and shouting and getting those prophetic words, those help, but it's not the antidote. Okay. Sometimes God wants us to, 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 to bring our brokenness before him. Okay. So that he can do a divine exchange. So identify where it came from. Christian cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, inner, inner healing work. I do inner healing clinical settings. Um, but what inner healing does is, is, is similar to psychoanalytic or psychodynamic therapy is we look at the deep patterns from the past and where they start from. We try to uproot it from there. So we identify where it came from. And then where the Christian part comes in is we submit our fears and our pains before the Father. This is this is why I feel this way. This happened. Because sometimes our, we will perceive things a certain way that they're not, you know, Um we submit it to the father. Then we continue to meditate on scripture. Meditate means to, to repeat it. Meditate, as I said in our last session, not the same as, as this new age. I am wonderful. I am kind. I love you. you know, we're not doing that, but we take scripture and to meditate on scripture. So scriptures that I love uh, that are just ringing my spirit. Hebrews 13, 5, New King James Version. says, I never leave you nor forsake you. Forsake you means to abandon, forget. Uh, to turn away to desert but God says according to Hebrews 13 5 New King James Version any version will say some type of version this I will never leave you nor forsake you so people will forsake you people will abandon you people will change their mind about you God I will not change my mind about you God says I will never leave you I will never forsake you you are always mine and I am always yours. I will never leave you. Now we can decide. This is my opinion that I have written in my book, Grace Baby. God will never leave. You can decide on your own coordinates that I want to leave God, but he will never leave you. All right. Psalm 27, 10, New King James Version says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Notice David said when, he didn't say if, he said when, according to New King James Version. So there are times when you'll be forsaken by your own mother and your own father. And that happens. We don't talk about that a lot. Uh, but again, in therapy, we do. So sometimes that's why I'm always doing these painful topics because we're not going to talk about that in real life because someone's going to judge you. I don't understand. Why would your parents have been? Well, it, it happened. It, it just it just happens. But guys, listen, even when, when? Because some of y'all, it'll never be a win because it's never going to happen. But some of y'all, it'll be a win. When? My mother and my father forsake me. Then God will take care of me. God can be your mother, your father, your friend, everything that you need. And so when you say, God, I've been abandoned by my mother and my father. I've been forsaken. 
God, help me. He will be everything that you need. God will be that person for you. And then he'll mess around and send you people. There are some people that will be better to you than your blood relatives. I've heard a therapist say that she said, when you're younger, your family are the people that you have been raised into. But when you get older, the family are the people that you choose. You can have a sister, mother, brother, and on blood, y'all are not even the same. Y'all are not even the same race. You don't, you weren't raised in the same family. You probably weren't even raised in the same country. But these people will be better than you, better to you than your own blood relatives. So again, Psalm 27, 10, read it on your own time. When my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will take care of me. All right, y'all get through it. (laughs) Isaiah 49, 15, New King James Version. And God asked the question, can a woman forget her nursing child? and not have compassion on the son of her wound, surely they may forget. But yet I will not forget you. You can be so in that fruit of rejection. You think, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? God says, no, no, no. I will not forsake you. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, okay. Well, a little bit more, y'all. Just be with me. And we're going to ask God in prayer time about the spirit of adoption. Remember, I said when you were been adopted, we all have been adopted into Christ. When you're adopted, and like I said, people who oftentimes been naturally adopted, sometimes they'll have that, they, it gets in their mind, well, I was abandoned by my birth. No, no, God said, I've adopted you. I mean, I've chosen you. So if you really look at this from the, I believe this is, yeah, New King James Version, Romans 8, started the 15th verse, it reads, for, sorry, I talk fast. Romans 8, starting at the 15th verse, and it reads, for you did not receive the spirit of adoption again to fear, right? So when you know you've been adopted, you don't have to be afraid of, of, of rejection. You don't have to be afraid of what this doesn't happen or that. No, you don't have to be afraid. But you receive the spirit of adoption. So we're going to ask God, Lord, I need to receive the spirit of adoption. I was required, Abba, Father. Abba means daddy. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God we belong to God verse 17 and if children then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if we suffer with him then we may also be glorified remember we have the advocate with the father the Bible says according to Isaiah 53 that Jesus was despised and rejected and so we have a father who is not who's sitting he's not sitting there going well why are you going through what you're going through he was if you have been despised and rejected you can go to the father and say, God, this really hurts because I'm being despised and rejected. But he's not some great ruler sitting on his throne talking about, oh, well, what does that look like? No, he was despised and rejected. He was overlooked and over and, and, and passed over. And if he, like, oh, if he understands your pain, you can bring it before the father. He's not going to judge you because you don't have a list of scriptures. You're not like, God, I just thank you that I rebuked the devil off of my, my mind. And Jesus. No, sometimes I just talk to God like he's my daddy. And he's going to protect me. God, I have been rejected. Help me not to take on the spirit of an orphan because someone else decided to reject me. And he will give you strength in the innermost parts of your heart. Remember that even though you may have been rejected by people who should have accepted you, God always always has a people he always has a family he always has a preordained purpose person you don't have to try to make someone fit into a situation they don't belong to that is a true fit for you you didn't fit there because not where you belong 
You fell out of place there because that's not where you belong. You fit here. And when you truly, when it's really a fit, no one has to tell you. We know it. Okay. So everybody is not rejecting you. Remember that just because you've been rejected by 15 million trillion people, it doesn't mean that the person that God put in your, in your, in your vision or in your, in your, in your view is going to reject you. We got to get rid of that spirit of rejection so that we can move forward. And lastly, I was going through uh, YouTube. Okay. Not YouTube. I was going through one of these reels. I think it was, I don't remember it was on YouTube or or Instagram, but I looked, I just found the story of Stephen Marbury. And I'm hoping I pronounced his name wrong. I, uh, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I started to add that to my story here. So Stephen Marble, he left the NBA in 2019 and he felt like he was being mistreated by those in the NBA. His father had just passed away. He had a shoe brand and that shoe brand failed. He ended up starting experiencing uh, the fruit of rejection and being depressed because he felt like he was being mistreated by the officials of the NBA. He was not willing, ready to give up his career. And after he was uh, able to kind of come to terms with some things, uh, he started playing in the CBA, which is the Chinese Baseball Association. Okay. And that's considered a downgrade if you go from the, by most people's standards, go from the NBA to the CBA. But he wasn't ready to retire. He was still a good baseball player. Uh, and if I, if I stand correct, I believe he spoke out against the, um, he was uh, shunned, I believe, um, if I, if I could be wrong, y'all, um, when he spoke out against the prices of uh, of of um, basketball shoes from another well-known basketball player. And he thought that this, this, these prices are astronomical. Why don't we make something that's at, uh, that is more comparable to people who can afford it? And so he ended up being shunned because of the, the level of, of success of this particular player. Okay. So he goes to the CBA and now he becomes extremely successful in the CBA. He is extremely successful and he is celebrated as the most all time successful players of all time in the CBA. He has since been honored multiple times. He has statues put in his name. He's had clothing lines, multiple, multiple, multiple things that have happened honor upon honor upon honor upon honor all because he changed from the NBA to the CBA. Again, he is the most successful CBA player of all times. And I say all that to say, to some people who reject you, you are not enough. But to being in the right environment, amongst the right people, amongst where God has planted you, uh, that's where you will find success. Sometimes it's not you, it's where you are. So I'm going to say it again because I kind of got tongue-tied. Some people you will never be enough for. But to the right people in the right environment, you're everything they have been waiting for. So shout out to Stephen Marbury. I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name wrong. But that's a powerful story about rejection on one end. Same skill set. Okay, same ideas. Same person. Rejected on one end, changes the same, get to the right place, and is the most successful CBA player of all time. And don't get it twisted. Don't be the thing because he came from he came from uh, 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 um, 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 America, and we just hadn't had all these. No, a, a good baseball, a basketball player is a good basketball player. Period. The best of all times. 
Yo, let go of that food of rejection. Whew, I got through it without crying. <laughs> God is faithful. God is faithful. If you want to know a little bit more about me, you can go to my website at www.drsamaricopra.com. I do have a list of books that I've written. I've written so many books over the years. Honey, just go pick something. But I have a book called I Am. talks about uh, overcoming, uh, having God confidence. And I'll post some other things. But just just go on to the website, samaricopra.com, and you'll find whatever fits your fancy, okay? <laughs> I have another book coming out about Christian entrepreneurs, uh, who are in um it's called um the business of leading and it's really for christian entrepreneurs uh, who are leading in their entrepreneurial adventures okay but that'll be out before the end of august i got the little delay because i got distracted but it's okay <laughs> and also i have training courses if you want to uh uh have a training course www.trainingchristianleaders.com if you're listening to this via my podcast uh remember i have a, a training course called from practitioner to business owner okay and you want to get that if you want to start your own private practice okay uh and then um and then after okay so you hit me up and say i would like to consult with you on how to launch my own private practice i'm going to recommend that you attend that training course first because it's so thorough it gives you all the steps that you need okay i do do it i do do a disclaimer as far as like your particular licensure and what state that you're in. There's certain things that I just don't know uh, because we're in different states, but there's some things that are going to be universal. There's some things that are going to be specific to your particular licensing board. Okay, so go to www.trainingchristianleaders.com. I think I have about 12 training courses total. Uh, you don't have to be a clinician, but it'll help you, right? And then if you are a therapist, no, if you need therapy and you're located in the state of North Carolina, okay, <laughs> in the state of North Carolina, I do accept most insurances. I do accept most EAPs. I do not communicate via any social media platform. You must go to the website at www.kingdomcreativecounseling.com. And we'll be back in a day and a time. Another banger. Bye, y'all. Bye.